Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we're talking about pasta, one of my passions, to be honest. I could talk about pasta all day, really. I love eating it, talking about it. I was going to say I love making it, but I've only made homemade pasta like a handful of times, even though it's like the easiest thing in the world to do, and quite possibly the cheapest, you know? And it's always it always tastes better than, you know, dried pasta. I don't know why we're not making pasta all the time, but I guess... Um, convenience. Am I right? But anyway, here we are, another week. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone's keeping cool. It's August now, which is crazy. Um, I am, I want to say this now before I forget, I will not be releasing an episode next week because I will be away. But it's kind of like a work vacation, sort of. Um, Our friend Kate, her parents have a lake house in Virginia. It's beautiful. I can't wait to go. Um, we I don't think we went last year, but we went the year before. And it's just a really lovely, like, tranquil and serene and calming, like, energy. I feel like everyone just needs to get to a lake every once in a while. So I will be there for the week. I am working remotely. So it's not like I'll, you know, I can't take too much PTO now that I, I want to, Keon and I are going to plan a vacation at some point this year. Um, And then the holidays are coming up, so I'm trying to squirrel away some PTO. So I will not be releasing an episode, so apologies in advance. But I will say this, folks. This is the 99th episode, I think, yes, of The Good Vanilla. I almost said The Barefoot Contessa. Um, And my 100th episode is coming, and I got a guest. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a very exciting guest. I am super excited. I hope it all works out. I think it will. I've been in touch with this person already. Um, I think we're going to work out some scheduling stuff. And I think it all works out anyway because, uh, you know, that I'm not doing an episode next week so I can kind of prepare. And who knows what else I'll put into this, uh, you know, 100th episode. But I will say that we have a guest. It's in the works. I'm super excited. Uh, and you should be too. But I'm not going to say anything else about it. I'm just going to just gonna drop that there and keep you guessing. Um, so... I say we get into this. I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else new and exciting. Oh, I don't know. It's just life as usual. You know, work and then uh, a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) I don't know. I should just stop babbling and get into the episode. So this is episode, um, as I said, episode 99. This is Back to Basics, season two, episode seven. And this is called Perfect Pasta. And Ina begins... At my house, it's all chicken all the time. But when I just can't look at another chicken, I turn to pasta. And the only thing I care about is it's it's got lots of flavor. Whether I'm cooking for a crowd or just a quiet dinner for Jeffrey and me, I've got lots of ideas. For company, I'm turning up the volume on everyone's favorite comfort food with a twist. Lobster mac and cheese. Then, it's two basic sauces. In summer, when I have lots of fresh basil in the garden, I make loads of the best pesto sauce. And in winter, it's a warming, delicious marinara sauce that's really good on pasta and almost everything else. And finally, an incredibly easy pasta salad filled with chunky feta, tomatoes, and Greek olives. It's back to basics on pasta, from salads to sauces to baked mac and cheese. 
I'm filling the fridge with dinners we can enjoy all week long. Ugh, I'm like out of breath after that one. Jeez. I feel like I, I was doing these earlier uh, like episodes that don't have, you know, barely an, they barely an intro. Um, but that one was a lot. So oh, I'm very excited for these recipes. And I, I got to tell you, too, I feel I still feel like I did this episode. I don't know why. Like, as I was watching, like, the food that she's making, I was like, I think I did this one. But I, I have a spreadsheet of, like, all the episodes, all the seasons. And I, you know, I've got a long way to go. But this one, I didn't cover. But I think the reason why it feels familiar is that she's made a lot of mac and cheeses. She's made a lot of pasta. So I think it just feels like they're all overlapping. I even did a search on, like, Apple Podcasts for the name of this episode. I just typed in perfect pasta because it would just bring it up if I did the episode and it didn't come up. So we're going to go with it. Um, so let's get into this. Okay, so we're starting with lobster mac and cheese. I will also say this mac and cheese looks amazing, first of all. But every time I've ordered a lobster mac and cheese at like a fancy restaurant, a not so fancy restaurant, um, I'm always left wanting more. It's one of those items. I don't know why. It's, I feel the same way about... Uh, I was just talking about this over the weekend, actually, um, like a coffee ice cream, like a coffee flavored ice cream. I always want a little bit more coffee flavor, not an overwhelming, you know, I want like chocolate covered espresso beans in it, you know, like instead of like chocolate chips, just put those in. But I, I always want more coffee. And I guess like with mac and cheese, I want like more lobster. I want I want it to be creamy. But maybe this is the recipe, because honestly, this one is so simple. Um so let's get into this. So Ina says, uh, you know, she's like walking and talking with all the ingredients. And she's like, you know, I was thinking about I forget how she like introduces it. She's like, I'm thinking about making something. She's like she put she puts one hand out. She's like, I'm thinking lobster, mac and cheese. How bad can that be? And she she puts like a hand out for each of those ingredients. You know how she does it. Um, so she starts out with a roux which is essentially melted butter, which is uh, which she'll eventually add some flour to in order to act as a thickening agent for the, the mac and cheese, the sauce. And in a separate pot, she's heating up a quart of milk. I'm assuming it's like the fattiest milk you got, like a 2%. I don't think she's, she's not putting oat milk over there, you know? Um, so she adds the flour to the butter and then adds the simmering milk to that. And it thickens up pretty quickly, so now it's time for the cheese, the main event. So she grates up some extra sharp cheddar in the food processor. And this is something I forget. I mean, typically I'll buy like a shredded cheese, let's be honest, um, you know, pre-shredded. Uh, so she grates the cheddar and she she does it in the food processor. She As she's doing it, she looks up at the camera and she's like, how easy is that? And it really is easy, to be honest. But you got to clean up the, the grater. You know, I guess you got to clean up a grater anyway. And the hand grater, one of my least favorite things to, to wash in the kitchen. I guess I could put it in the, the dishwasher, right? I don't think it would rust, right? I don't know. I've never put it in the dishwasher. I guess I've always washed it by hand. But it's also something I don't use too often. But anyway, once the cheddar is done, she also grates up some Gruyere, which is ugh, one of my favorite cheeses. Um, and Gruyere, for anyone who doesn't know, is the cheese that's on top of, like, French onion soup. It's just, ugh, so deliciously melty and, like, nutty. It's sort of like a Swiss. Ugh, so good. So she pours um, this both cheeses into that creamy sauce she's already made, and to that she adds some salt, pepper, and some nutmeg, and that's it. 
I mean, that's the sauce, really. I thought, I honestly, I thought there was going to be more to it than that, but uh, I'm fine with that because that's pretty easy. So next up is some pasta, cavatappi to be specific, which are, I always say, they're like, they look like, the pasta looks like those like slides at a kid's playground. You know, it's just like looping down and sort of falling towards the bottom. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so she drains the the pasta and pours it into the sauce. And this is honestly where I began to like drool a little bit. It just looks, I could eat it like this right now. Um, so now she starts chopping up some fresh lobster. It looks, I mean, obviously it's fresh and probably like $50 for a pound and a half of lobster. But she does reassure us that it makes eight servings. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's not bad. So she tumbles the fresh lobster into the mac and cheese, and now it's time to assemble. So she scoops out, I think she only makes two, I think, one for like her and Jeffrey. Um, she scoops out the mac and cheese into individual gratin dishes, and then she makes like this crispy topping for the top, which is uh, basically melted butter and fresh breadcrumbs. And I'm actually surprised she didn't add anything else to them. Normally, I, I don't know why I expected like, uh, I don't know, some sort of garlic component, uh, some sort of like fresh parsley. I don't know. It, it seemed, I mean, I'm sure it gets the job done, folks. I'm not complaining at all. I'm just, um, I'm used to a little bit more pizzazz, you know, turning the volume up, maybe a few more clicks. But this, regardless, I'm still going to eat this. So it goes into the oven uh, 375 for 30 minutes. And while those cook, Ina tells, tells us about some other mac and cheeses that she made that are so delicious. So uh, we get like a cutaway to just like a classic version of mac and cheese with Gruyere and cheddar and uh, tomato and cheese topping. I love that idea in a way. I've said before, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself like a... Like a baked tomato. I don't love that. I would love like a fresh tomato like... I would like the mac and cheese to be baked, and I would like cut up fresh tomato on the side, like cold. But and with this one, I feel like they were on top, so I'd still eat it. It's fine. Uh, she also mentions a grown-up mac and cheese, which has blue cheese instead of cheddar, and I'm not so into that. Uh, and then she has, she's like, and then luxury on a budget in the form of truffle mac and cheese. And I think I remember that one. I think I, I think I covered that one. If not, then I'm just losing it, and it's all. You know, it's all, my brain is mashed potatoes, but uh, and I think that one had mushrooms as well too, which I'm down for. Mushrooms are kind of hit and miss, but I would I wouldn't be mad about mushrooms and a mac and cheese. I'd be into that. So now, the lobster mac and cheese comes out of the oven. It looks scrumptious. I can't express how delicious it looks because she left the like the chunks of lobster like really big. Ugh, it just looks divine. So now it's time for, uh, and that's pretty much it. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead of my notes here. She takes a bite. It looks very hot. You know, she, she enjoys it. Obviously, it looks delicious. Um, so now it's time for some sauces. So she's going to make a pesto sauce and a red sauce. So first up is pesto. And again, pretty simple. Into the food process, uh, processor goes some walnuts, some pine nuts, and three cloves of garlic. And once that is blended, she adds five cups of basil, salt and pepper as well, of course. Um, I actually have some basil in my backyard right now, too. It's, it's thriving. I made, um, if anyone knows, if you're like on TikTok, it's that baked by Melissa, like viral cabbage, cucumber, 
like chives, green onion. It's it's like the green goddess cabbage salad, and I I use like the the garden or the the garden the pet. Uh, <laughs> take a breath, Nick. The basil from the garden, uh, and it's so good, and it makes a lot too. So if you don't know what that is, look it up because it is. It feels so healthy. I just feel healthy when I eat it, even though I'm eating it with like tortilla chips, which isn't so healthy, but you know, it's fine. So once the the walnuts, pine nuts, and garlic are blended, oh, I already said all this. And then she adds the basil. I'm repeating myself. Um, uh, she turns on the food processor once the basil's added. Then she slowly adds one and a half cups of the good olive oil. And once that's blended, she also adds uh, some freshly grated Parmesan, and that's it. I mean, all of this stuff is is pretty simple, to be honest. Like pasta and like, um, I don't want to say Italian food is simple, but it, it, it doesn't take a lot of like technique and like chopping and stuff like that too, especially for these sauces. It's, it's kind of nice. So she also mentions that you could, uh, when you store the pesto, you can add a little drizzle like a layer of some olive oil when you store it to sort of, um, I guess, like seal in the freshness and the flavor. I don't know, but it, it seemed to make sense in my mind. So Ina flashes back to a few pesto recipes to show us how versatile pesto can be. And the first thing we see is like a spinach and pea salad with toasted pine nuts. I don't think I've ever covered that one. It looks great. I I love like a like a monochromatic moment where everything is just like green. I guess the pine nuts aren't green, but once they're covered in the pesto, they will be. She says, she also says, or you can add mayo and chopped spinach and lemon, lemon juice to a pesto and toss it with some pasta and peas. That also sounds delicious. Um, really peas make everything great, honestly. Like it's not quite as versatile. Like, you know, I feel like you can add an egg to everything. I don't think you can add peas to everything, but I'm always excited to see peas when they pop up, especially like in some sort of pasta, you know, I'm, I'm down with peas. So she also says, um, I think the last thing she said is, and for sandwiches, spread a layer of pesto onto some bread and add tomatoes, mozzarella, and some more fresh basil. And I think she said she had these at like her, like her barn opening or something like that. Um, looks great. So now it's time uh, to make some homemade marinara. And uh, of course she starts uh, with some t uh, sauteed onion and some olive oil and then add some fresh garlic. And then she adds a splash of, really she said like an a a Italian wine of your choice, like a red wine. And she uses Chianti. And she also said, this is, this is interesting because I feel like this is something that I, qu I didn't quite know, but she reminds us that there is like this myth in cooking that if you, if you cook with wine, that the alcohol will be burned off, but it's not entirely true. And I think the words not entirely true are also not definitive in a way too. Like I'm sure it burns off some of it, but it doesn't burn off all of it. Like I've never been drunk after eating like a coca vin or something like that, or like anything that had wine in it, but you know, who knows? Um, just food for thought there, literally. So she says, if you don't want to use wine, you could use uh, beef stock or chicken stock if you don't want to, you know, put the alcohol in. So I like that she had a little bit of an alternative there. And then she adds 28 ounces of crushed tomatoes to the sauce and a sprinkle of fresh parsley, salt, and pepper. And she lets that simmer for 15 minutes and it's done. I have 
some thoughts. I think this sauce is probably great. I feel like it's a it's like a starter sauce. I I think the wine probably takes it up a notch too, but I would love and maybe it's probably probably because she doesn't like no, she does simmer it. I would put basil in is what I'm trying to say. I would put a couple leaves of basil just to flavor it a little bit. Um I don't know. I think it needs it. And the other thing that I would do is use like an immersion blender to make this like a true sauce. And I don't mind a chunky sauce at all. But I think like, I don't know, the onions seemed very big. I would have chopped them a little bit smaller. And this is just me being nitpicky for no good reason at all. But I like a smooth sauce. What can I say? I would also put a little pinch of crushed red pepper in it as well, too. Just like a little for a little heat. Um, but that's for my cooking show. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to see, just like the pesto, now we get to see some marinara dishes that she adds marinara sauce to. Um, but it's it's very quickly, uh, or it's very quick. She shows us that it's great on chicken. You could also put it on fish. Um, you can use it as a base for pizza. And then you could also use it, of course, with meatballs. Um, and she shows like different episodes. And she's, I don't know what she said. What episode was it? Um... She's like, and everyone loved my meatballs for something. I can't remember what it was. So we flash back to the present and she decides um, we're going to make some spaghetti here with both of the sauces. So she has some water boiling and she adds some olive oil and some salt. I don't know. I feel like I've talked about it before in the podcast. I don't add olive oil to my noodles. I just like, you know, I'll give it a stir if they clump up. Um, I don't know. Is that like, I feel like Italians would like stick their nose up at that, but who knows really? I've never actually done the research, so maybe it's how they do it, but I, I feel like it's not. Um, but I, what I do know is they, they do add a lot of salt. It's supposed to taste like the ocean. I actually love that too. Like I'll, I'll, I'll really go heavy with the salt. Um, so now the pasta is done. She drains it. And as she's draining, I always love it. Uh, like anything that she drains in that sink. What is she going to say? Is she going to say like, feels like a sauna or get a facial too hmm um but she just she just drains it and there's a lot of steam and she just says wow <laughs> i've never heard her say that before but it it made me chuckle so she adds the pasta into the marinara sauce which i like i would have uh, tossed a little bit of pasta water in there too just to maybe incorporate that all together and give it you know i don't know make it a little bit more cohesive i guess but uh, she gives it a toss and now it's time to plate. And um, again, like I mentioned, one is the spaghetti with marinara and the other one is a pesto spaghetti. So she grates, she just basically pours the pesto onto the noodles for the other dish. And then she grates some like shards of fresh Parmesan. And then she puts a little basil on the side. Uh, it looks very elegant. Um, and then she also grates some fresh Parmesan on the spaghetti as well, too. I would... I would inhale both of these plates. The only thing that I f would add to this is maybe like some some bread because what, you know, what more could you need after eating pasta is just more carbs. Like it's it's heaven, really. Uh so it looks it looks amazing. So the grand finale this week is a pasta salad and it's like a Greek-inspired pasta salad with a little alterations, but I this looks delicious. I would totally eat this at a picnic or you know, home alone on a Friday. <laughs> so the pasta she uses is fusilli because it really holds the sauce. And I would describe fusilli, um, I don't know why I'm like into describing pastas all of a sudden, but it almost looks like a, like a screw, 
like a screw that you would put in a wall, just like a very tightly wound sort of uh, circles. And she she likes using them because it holds the sauce. And I, I love a pasta that kind of, you know, the sauce is just like really in there. So I'm, I, I approve of this. So while the pasta cooks, she tells us about some other pasta that she uses for pasta salads. So she talks about uh, orzo with feta and roasted vegetables, which sounds amazing. I love orzo. I love it. It's so good uh, because you think it's rice, but it's not. Um, and she also mentions an orzo with roasted shrimp, which I feel like I covered. Like that sounded really familiar to me. I think all of the examples that she talked about made me, you know, kind of confirm that I didn't do this episode because they've been on past episodes. But uh, she even says that she uses uh, ordinary spaghetti. And then she shows us the Asian inspired pasta salad with it was like Asian vegetables, like sugar snap peas and like a peanut dressing. And I think I covered that like very recently or it feels recently <laughs> in my mind. Um, so now we're back to the present and she drains the pasta. And this time she says, whoa, instead of wow. <laughs> so she chops up um, some sun-dried tomatoes that are in olive oil. And then she uses some beautiful Israeli tomatoes. They're just like, like if you look up red in the dictionary, that's what color these tomatoes are. They just look heavenly. Uh, and then she chops up some pitted Kalamata olives, which I'm into. I think I don't really like olives on pizza, but I like olives in a pasta salad. Like, I'm not mad at that. I would I would totally prefer just to eat the Kalamata olives like whole with like a glass of wine and some bread and a little bit of cheese on the side. But I'm I'm also up for this. And uh, of course, she adds some feta. She said she uses French or Greek feta and it, it, it looks a little bit more firm. Um, as opposed to the feta that just like crumbles. And I've said before too, I'm kind of a feta hater. I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite cheese. So I'm sorry to all the Greeks out there that are listening. Um, again, maybe I haven't had the right Greek or the the right kind of feta. I don't know. Uh, I wonder what French feta tastes like. Maybe I should go to a specialty food store here in Pittsburgh and check it out. So again, I don't hate it. I just don't I'm not running towards feta. I can, I'll just have like a little nibble. So Ina tells us that Jeffrey is on his way home and she's going to leave all of the pastas in the fridge. And she says, I wonder which one he'll choose. Hmm. So now we're back from the commercial break and Ina is like, one of the things I've learned over the years about pasta salad is they're so boring. <laughs> I love when she calls things boring. I don't know why it tickles me. Um, but it's, it's true. Like my family's pasta salad, we don't stray from the recipe. You know, it's like, I mean, we, we make linguine a lot, like linguine with, uh, like the cucumbers and like chopped tomatoes and then like salad supreme, like that, that's a staple at picnics. Um, and then like another pasta salad, I think there'd be like bell peppers, cucumbers, maybe some like cubed cheese, um, and some like, you know, some sort of Italian dressing or something like that. But I, I'm not above it. I mean, I've eaten it all my life and I, I love every, everything about it. But it's, you know, it's not an Ina Garden pasta salad. So I think both are valid in ways. But for this, she's adding, I guess, okay, so now she adds all of her chopped, like the vegetables and the olives and the feta into the noodles. Uh, and now it's time to make the dressing, which are, it consists of more sun-dried tomatoes, 
red wine vinegar. This is all going into the food processor, by the way. Uh, some olive oil, one clove of garlic, some drained capers, some kosher salt, and some pepper. This sounds deloish. I'm very into this because it's like briny and salty. I'm, I'm into that. I could like drink this. So she pours the dressing over the pasta. And the music that starts to play here, I've never heard it. Folks, if you listen to this or if you watch this episode, I don't know if you watch it like before or after, um, so, tune into this. I, I didn't do like a timestamp or anything, but um, I've just never heard this music. It was so out of place that I honestly thought it was Jeffrey calling on his cell phone because it's like this, it's like a marimba. <laughs> it's just so weird. And I was like, where is this music coming from? And it really threw me. Um, so I just had to mention that real quick. It doesn't matter, but it does matter all at the same time. So she adds, after she gives this all a mix, she adds a cup of Parmesan and chopped parsley into the salad. And honestly, I think the Parmesan cheese is probably the best decision she, she made for this because I love... This is something I used to do when I was like younger. I would make like buttered noodles for myself and, you know, boil the noodles and like just put butter in it and then put Parmesan cheese on it. Delicious. It's like, I don't even know what to call it. It's not even a dish. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like some peasant food over in Italy. But like the the Parmesan cheese like soaks up the butter and it, it it's just beyond. And maybe some people are like, ew, why would you do that? But I'm I was into it. And I'm also into this because I feel like it has the same effect it kind of makes it a little bit grainy, but um, not grainy enough to be, like, turned off by it. Yeah. So I'm into this. I was really excited for that. So after the Parmesan and the parsley, she also adds that beautiful feta cheese. Careful to just, like, you know, give it a light toss and not really break it up. So she, as she's stirring it, she says, I think Jeffrey's going to like this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, really? So she puts it in the fridge and we and then we like do a smash cut to Ina. It's kind of like you know it's it's around dinner time, and she has a glass of wine. Her laptop's open, and she's making some sort of list. She's sort of just like writing and daydreaming. And Jeffrey comes in from behind her. It's very cute, and gives her a smooch. And he's like, "What's for dinner?" And Ina was like, "How did I know you were gonna ask that?" And he was like, "Well, what is it?" And then she's like, "Check the refrigerator." And he goes in, and the whole bit is that he starts grabbing everything. He can't just pick one thing, so he grabs the pasta salad. He grabs the lobster mac and cheese. He grabs the spaghetti and the pesto, uh, all that stuff, too. So it's, you know, it's a bit. So he grabs all of the, and he's holding all these containers. And Ina was like, so which one would you like for dinner? And Jeffrey, like, pauses. He's like, all. <laughs> and that's the end. And Ina laughs, and that's, like, the end of the episode. It's like a smash cut. I thought she was going to say at least one more thing. Like, how did I know that would be his answer? Like, da 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 you know? But, um, and, and it, I don't know why, but it bugged me that Jeffrey didn't say all of them. He just said all. I don't know. That, that I feel like I would do another take with that. Like, Jeffrey, just say all of them. And then Ina just looked at, like, mugged to the camera. Um, but alas, you know, I'm not directing these episodes. Ah. <sighs> I feel tired after that one. I don't know why. I feel like this is usually a little bit... Usually I, these episodes are about, you know, when I record them. Sometimes they're quick. Sometimes they're not. And I feel like this is an extended one. But I had a great time. I love pasta. I'm hungry for pasta now. I think I'm going to have some... We're going to like a Taiwanese restaurant, I think, tonight. Because Keon's friend Amber is in town. 
Uh, so maybe I'll get some sort of noodle there. Not a traditional Italian pasta, I would say, but nonetheless, I just love a noodle. So I'm excited for that. I think I might talk about pasta on Patreon this this week. Uh, I feel like I've counted down my five favorite pastas, though. So maybe I'll change it up. Either way, something will be coming out on Patreon tomorrow for all of you who are my hydrangeas over on Patreon, the good Patreon, if anyone wants to sign up for a bonus episode every week and early access to this main episode, you get it on Thursday instead of having to wait till Friday. You can go to patreon.com slash the good Patreon. But I think that's all I have for you folks. So thank you for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. And of course, the aforementioned good Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thegoodpatreon. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.